I try my best to lip sync to that because I don't actually know if it's a part of the recording or not. I think it is. Anyway, hey, thanks for thanks for joining. Hey, everybody, I appreciate uh, you tuning in, uh, watching on YouTube or listening on the, uh, the audio version of the podcast. I'm here with my newly acquired friend in uh, higher education, uh, Maria Dekabuter. Uh, she is the social media strategist for Northern Arizona University. How's the weather out there? You know, it's actually a cold day in Flagstaff. Cold, cold day? <laughs> yes, definitely sweaters. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we, have, uh, we have some close friends uh, that teach at ASU, and um, they're like, yeah, it was 100 degrees here yesterday, no big deal. I'm like, I'll take it at this point uh get me outside you know right now it's like a, a balmy 50 degrees in pittsburgh pennsylvania uh so and and you're 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 doing well you're staying safe adjusting to self-isolation all right yes <laughs> doing okay um i have a five-year-old so that's a challenge i think adjusting to work is a lot easier than adjusting to being at home with the child <laughs> Oh my God, tell me about it. Uh, I mean, like at least with work, you, you can anticipate a lot, you know? I mean, we have the benefit of having like calendar notifications, right? But, um, you know, young children, my daughter's four, your daughter's five, like they're just, there's no planning. There's no way to do that other than, okay, uh, we're gonna have school time at 10 a.m. and then lunch time at 11.30. Other than that, it's, it's a wild card. Free for all. <laughs> yep, free for all. Okay, so from uh, 10 to 11.30, we're doing structured school stuff and, and lunch. And then from now until 5 o'clock, you can just destroy the house, and then we'll spend the 6 to 8 o'clock hour just cleaning it up. <laughs> Pretty much, is that accurate? I've never been more happy for... Um... That yes, but then also the Zoom virtual backgrounds. <laughs> um, so you know, I could pretend that my ha place looks very nice when there's like stuffed animals and who knows what's behind me. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I have no idea what your floor looks like at all. I mean, there could be <laughs> I I don't know what what's your daughter into like LOL surprise dolls or uh, Paw Patrol. Oh, Paw Patrol, Wild Kratz. Wild Kratz. Good. My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Yeah, we got a lot of those. Uh, my daughter Amelia, she's into LOL Surprise Dolls, um, Super Mario Brothers, which, awesome. I feel like I'm doing something right there. And then, um, yeah, that's basically all she plays right now. And they're just everywhere. Everywhere. Um. Cool. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us. I could use on family stuff at any time, but uh, I'm really interested in learning about you and your career and your work in higher education and social media and marketing. And uh, generally, the first question I start off with with everyone is, when was that moment you realized you had to be in marketing? Did you have that moment? I never had that moment. Oh, okay. So we're still waiting um, on it. Okay. I wasn't even a... Well, okay. No, from, from... I think it was once I was about like two years into my position. Okay. Um, and social media was really taking off. And we were connecting 
with students and like responding and like seeing the power of social media, then I was like, mm -hmm. this is what I want to do. Yeah. But going into this career, I did not think about that at all. Oh, okay. So, so there was a bit of, a bit of just kind of, you fell into it. Yes. What was, yes. I yes. Was definitely that. What was, what was your, so what'd you go to school for? What were you interested in? I um, went to Rice University in Houston, Texas. I was a political science major. Okay. They, they're really strong in like engineering and uh, like biosciences. And so mm -hmm. they didn't really have a strong communication program, but I always like wanted to go in that field. So I did political science, but I took like every possible communications related <laughs> type class. Mm -hmm. And after I graduated, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And so I went to law school. <laughs> Um, I have family members and background. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. And yeah. again, I knew that I didn't want to practice like private practice, but I wanted to like work in the communication side. Sure. But then I graduated in 2010 and there were no jobs out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Cause we were so, just coming off of the, the starting the economic recovery basically. Yeah, so in May 2010, up until November, I applied for like every legal type job um, in the courtrooms, like mm -hmm. paralegals. I heard nothing at all from um, May till November. And then when wow. I finally I was, got a job, it was for Girl Scouts of Southern Arizona, and they were mm -hmm. hiring for a communications position. And so I was able to translate um, some of my like law skills and did communications and um, like contracts board governance yeah and that type of um stuff and then i realized i really like doing communications and the storytelling side of it and connecting with our audiences and um the position that i'm in now um, opened up at northern arizona university it was originally a public affairs specialist and mm -hmm. this was about seven eight years ago and so they were looking for someone to grow their social media in addition okay. to doing regular PR type of stuff. And so I applied um, and I got it and which I was surprised because I was like, ah, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I've been there ever since. Wow, that's awesome. So you really got in on the ground floor of their their social media marketing and you got to build that up. What were yes. uh what were what were some of the strategies you took to to foster a good social channel or set of social channels? Right, I think it was just like all about connecting and setting measurable um, goals. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people when they jump in, they're just like all about how do can we get more followers? Like how do we grow right. rather than taking it like day by day? Like when I started out, um, we just started Instagram and we had less than a hundred followers. And so it's been from like a hundred or at 50,000 now. But like, I remember mm -hmm. when like, just like week to week be like, oh, you know, we have like 10 more people and that was a small victory. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's celebrating the small victories on the way and then right. just making sure you're doing the little things. Like, are you like reaching out? Are you commenting? Are you mm -hmm. trying to go above and beyond? Yeah. The little details make a huge difference. Even if it's like, you know, on the, the social channels that, that myself and, and my colleague operate, you know, I make it a point to look at our peer, like our co-department's uh, social media and 
and occasionally like and make comments and try to create a dialogue, even if it's with another department on campus that's unrelated to business. Um, and even with the students, you know, uh, they use a hashtag called Pit Business Famous. So like anytime a student's featured on our, our social media, they're like, oh, they're Pit Business Famous. And, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And we wouldn't have gotten to that point if we didn't engage with them in a meaningful and personable way. And I think right now, my favorite new thing um, on Instagram story um, yeah. that you can now respond back through gifts and gift stickers. And so mm -hmm. once we saw that, we're like, oh, yes. And so now, like, especially when we utilize interns to like help monitor and respond to things, like we don't yeah. have to worry about them saying anything like wrong because we're like, okay, just go to our gifts, search like gift stickers, use the congrats, like balloons, and mm -hmm. you still get that touch. And then it shows that like, hey, we're up to speed, you know, with our digital content. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you having that law background, I feel like a lot of that, if not all of it, is very detail centric. Um, not only detail, but strategy centered, you know, so you combine those two things together and you've really got the makings of a good uh, operator for social media and marketing in general, for that matter. Um, I've actually known a lot of, uh, I presume you have your JD. I do. Yeah, so I've actually known a lot of JDs that go into marketing. Uh, more specifically, they go into sports marketing. That seems to be like a natural kind of career choice from that point. Yeah, and I think like it has like two sides. So like sometimes people are like, okay, we need to get this up. And you'll be like, we do need to get it up, but do we have all the details up? Do we have something that we could link back to? Because people are gonna ask all these questions and we can't mm -hmm. get this out unless we can answer and anticipate. So sometimes in the, the room, I'm like, okay, well, you need to have the social media people out the room with you so they can anticipate the reaction mm -hmm. you're gonna get. And so the last, I omitted a detail by accident and I would say it's that, that uh, necessity for managing quality. Like you, you've got the details, you've got the ops side, the strategy side, and then you have a high level of qualitative, you know, uh, expectation. And when you've got those things together, then you can really flourish. So um, I feel like there's a delay. I think there's a delay on this call. Is there a little one? A little bit. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, so, okay. Uh, so you, you've been uh, at your university for a while um, and you've got all these really unique experiences. Um, I'm interested in how you're telling stories. Like what's a good, like what's one of the best stories you've ever told? Oh, that's a, such a hard one. <laughs> um, okay, well, I would say I'm going to go with most interesting, and then maybe I'll think about the best story. Okay. The hey, most, sometimes they're both. The most interesting story, I think, was like, this guy was a freshman, and he was like really techie, and he invented um, a Seinfeld um, door sensor. So you would open the, the door, and it did the, like, the Kramer like walk sound. <laughs> and so he like nice. blew up he was on like he like went viral he was on like talk show things and uh, we reached out to him and he's like you think this is cool 
<laughs> and so like we we reenacted it but then we also incorporated um like the video clips and so i think that was really interesting because we don't get to feature a lot of um guys on our social media because they're not mm -hmm. as willing to to be on it and talk to us right and then also it was involving like the academic side and how he did all the i don't even know how he made the door sensor right and, and the coding side and so we were able to to use that and make it like really approachable to a large audience you know it's interesting that uh you're finding that uh you know, males don't, uh, aren't as willing to cooperate on the social media side. I found that as well. I'm doing a project now where I'm telling, it's called Pit Business Backstory, and I'm telling the stories of our seniors stretching all the way back to like their senior year of high school when they're making their college decisions. And um, most of them are women which is fantastic. I love that. Um, and they all have great stories to tell. And what's interesting is when I send the survey to the, the female participants and the male participants, it's always the, the, the female participants that have more detail. They've got better photos, but they also have stronger stories. And then, so I would, I would look at Maria's story, right? I'm like, oh man, this is great. I'm going to be able to develop you know, print graphics, uh, static graphics, motion graphics, video, all of this stuff. And then I look at James and I'm like, he didn't do anything. <laughs> he didn't do much of anything. I'm going to have to really kind of interview this kid and pull out as many of these details as possible. Um, so ladies out there, thank you for uh, providing all that detail. Makes our jobs easier. I agree too, especially we do a lot of student takeovers on our Instagram story and the girls generally aesthetically, like it's amazing. And I'm like, wow, everyone like <laughs> could take over. But then for some of the guys, even though you tell them and then you instruct them, like they, the question sticker is still on their face and you're like, oh, can you please move it down? Or is it going to be right. like that for every single post? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, hopefully, um, we can, I, you just have to moderate them and curate their content. You know, uh, it, you might as well, if you could be like a disembodied spirit that floats over their shoulder as they're doing a takeover, I think that, and control their hands, I think that's the best possible solution here. Yeah, if, if, if you come up with a, a better solution, please share it because, uh, yeah, it can, it can be like, uh, well, I mean, it's torture at times. So, um, okay, so that was the most interesting. So what was the best one? Okay, the best, it's not an actual piece of content, but it's a campaign series. Oh, great, I love this, okay. Okay, so I'm... Um, we were really like i think it was two or three years ago really looking to showcase students and like like why like just like about them and looking mm -hmm. for the best way to do it um so it was kind of like our version it started out as our version of snapchat takeovers because we like the authentic um feel that we were getting on snapchat because they would post way more than like instagram because we were just so nervous about right giving taking it over so we framed it as a, my life in five pictures. And so we asked people to choose five pictures 
and then write a few sentences about what those pictures meant to them. And so it started off okay. Um, we made it into an Instagram feature and a blog. But then once the question sticker came out, it really turned around. So after all the five pictures they send in, we like Instify it. So we add like gifts, make it fun. And then it follows up with the question sticker and says like, it's a ask me anything. So yeah. then the student takes over and only answers questions they get that day. So um, it's been really nice to feature like a wide variety. So we had people like um, a first gen student going on and then we'd work with like marketing communications to get it out to incoming first gen students. And so they could watch and really allowing people to tell stories that wouldn't have that big platform to do so. Mm -hmm. And then over summer, it's been really great to connect with the incoming class because um, we'll do a promo for it. And then we'll have about like 150 new coming people um, fill out our form and then we'll have content for over summer and then going into fall too. That's great. Um, it, it, again, that speaks to the, the detail in the operations and, and your strategy. Uh, I love that. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called repurposing and getting ideas. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's it. I, I'm inspired to repurpose it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what, though? Like, I, I love open-ended stuff like that, especially with the questions, because they you let your army work for you. You know, you let your student force work for you. And they at times can tell you their story better than you ever could, be it a concise version of it or a long-winded version of it. Um, they, they typically uh, know exactly the right emotional notes to hit. And um, I, that's one thing I really love about, you know, the, the students that I work with. Um, they all have a unique story to, to not only how they got to where they are, but where they want to go. Um, so you're, you're mostly marketing. So you market, uh, rather you communicate to current students, prospective students, alumni. Um, how did, how did the alumni fit into your planning, if at all? Um, alumni, we kind of put in the same category as parents and okay. really cater um, our Facebook audience to them. And so incorporating like live streams um, where they can connect with people on campus or talking to our experts. Mm -hmm. um, so they like to like the educational content more and being able to see like, oh, I have that professor, what's he doing now? And oh, like those lasting connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so as soon as they graduate, uh, well, I don't know. Are you finding that most of you're getting your most traction or most engagement on Instagram or Facebook? Instagram by far. Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's where we're putting, I mean, we don't put, I feel like we put a lot of time into Instagram, um, but not enough. And part of my challenge there is you in your vocation, in your job, you represent the whole university. I only represent an aspect of it, one college. And it just so happens to be the college that has like the least amount of visual intrigue, right? Like, oh, uh, let's take a photo of this student sitting in front of a computer with finance software. Um, hey, I love my finance people, but like that doesn't necessarily make for a good photo. 
um, unlike engineering or the creative arts or even athletics and stuff like that. So um, our Instagram is, it's, it, I, I, I would love to, you know, do something really creative with that content, but uh, it doesn't warrant that. Out of curiosity, what are like, what are some things that you've wanted to do on the different platforms that were maybe a bit out of reach or maybe too, they're too advanced or they're, you know, before their time, so to speak, um, with, with the content you have to, you have to, uh, you manage rather. It was a really convoluted way to ask that question. I apologize. I'm not sure I completely understand it, but I okay. so, way back when, like, yeah. I was just like, okay, we need to do lives. And like, okay. Perfect. people will be like, they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. But then like, it wouldn't happen because they don't understand how time consuming and you have to prep to do a live stream. And mm -hmm. then, um, so I don't think we were using it in ways that were beneficial <laughs> to us. Yeah. Um, even though it was so easy and so accessible until really, um, COVID hit and then they're like, oh, we have to get everything virtual. And I'd be like, I've been telling you this for so long. Okay, yes, yeah. see, you understood my question completely because yeah. uh, I wanted, one of the things that I'm observing, and uh, so I was, I was faculty side for the past decade, and now I'm staff side at a different university, and, and I'm loving it, I'm having a great time, but I'm trying to understand the, the culture of social media, or even just higher ed marketing in general, you know, from, from your point of view, from others. And um, I'm really interested in who are the innovators in our industry on the practical level, not the theory, the, the theory people or the philosophy people or even the consultants, but like who are the people that are on the staff side that are doing the innovative things? Where's the forward thinking at? And um, I've been through all the conversations that I've had with people, I've been able to pick up on this and this and this. And um, I also feel that like the people that are on the staff side, they're applying the technology in the most creative and useful ways. So for me, it stands to reason that they would also be forward thinking because they have to continually evolve their content. Right. So to your point with the live streams, like I, I share your frustration there because you saw it coming, no one saw value in it. And now it's one of those things where we have to do it. And I hope you rubbed it in everyone's faces. <laughs> Maybe just a little, like, this is why you need to practice your live streams and check your equipment and check your Wi-Fi. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> You know, and that's the, that's the other thing. Like, I, I do think that there are forward-thinking practitioners uh, such as yourself, and I, I love having conversations with them, but I'm also interested in where is the pride in the work that, that we're doing? I mean, yes, on that, on that level of like, hey, I did good work today, or that hit, that, that post got a thousand likes. That's, that's quick access you know, that kind of hits immediately, but like, who, who inspires you? Whose work are you looking at to inspire you? Oh gosh, there's so many great people out there. Um, I think my favorites, I'd have to go with Colorado State University mm -hmm. and 
University of Michigan, they just been so on their digital yeah. game for so long and understand the importance of getting on the channels, like yeah. especially incorporating like with new gifts and all of that. And I think that's, you were talking about the, the staff side and it, I think anyone who works with prospective students, they're gonna be the most forward thinkers because you have mm -hmm. to think like them. It's like, right. no, they're not gonna look at a, a banner, you know, they're gonna be looking at their social media. And right. so even it's in times of like, we're thinking about campus news, but it's like, are you making it friendly for students to access? You know, how are we gonna frame it in ways that they need to know? Right. Yeah, the, I mean, the user experience, it, it seems to shift, even the UX design shifts like every single year. And a lot of that I feel like has to do with the design of the social media applications that we're using. Um, so in a sense, we're kind of piggybacking on all the research that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, they're doing to make their interfaces as clean as, and as accessible as possible. And then we have to work around those parameters. Um, so yeah, and you know, Colorado State, uh, U Michigan, like uh, they're on everyone's list, right? Are there any folks, any, any accounts that are not higher ed affiliated that inspire you? Of course, I can't name them like now that I think of them, but I think I just follow like a wide variety. So even like on health and fitness videos, um, like there's ones that have like the side by side. So you have mm -hmm. like people working out and they, they have like the countdown and then like um, font on the bottom. So it's just always like looking at ways like, oh, you know, that's cool. Like visually, like we can translate that into something we're doing. Right. Yes. So I, I love that transitional sort of uh, application. And I'm finding lately that, you know, I have a Twitter account that's dedicated to my higher ed people, faculty, staff, et cetera. And then I have another account where I'm just like observing all of the different types of accounts that are out there. And I'm trying to take the best of what I see and apply it to my, my context in pit business. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I mean, we can't be snarky like Arby's or Wendy's can, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, have you seen the stuff that Arby's does with the cardboard? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, clearly an uh, awesome graph designer doing that. But nevertheless, like, you know, how far can you take an idea before it is just like a flat-out copy, right? Um, so, I, um, you know, another thing, just to switch gears real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Like, I feel, so when I was faculty side, there was an effort to like, you always need to be creating. You always must be producing. You have to get into shows. You have to get your work published. You have to get your papers published. You have to get grants, you know, all of these things. And now that I'm on the staff side of things, I don't feel that pressure obviously at all, except for myself. So when I see higher ed web, social fresh, you know, edge web, um, I want to apply to those things. And, and those are the folks that, that are really resonating with me right now, the people that want to do that. Have you ever applied to speak at a conference or anything like that? You know, not until last year. And I think that's where kind of you're talking about the faculty side. It's different because you're so um, like, indoctrinated you must do this yes and on the staff side sometimes it's just like there is no time especially right. um, that's a good point if, if you have a small team 
And so it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to do this. I don't have any time to do any like external things that aren't relevant to my, that what I'm doing right now. Right. Um, but you, yes, um, I spoke at the social media strategies higher ed summit okay. last October in New York. Um, and then I've applied to kind of the similar ones you mentioned. And I yeah. think for me, like, obviously like, I want to do it for myself too, but now, um, I use it as a point to like showcase like why social media is so important and sh- mm-hmm. um, show our leadership, like, Hey, we got chosen to speak at this because we're doing this. And then exactly. all of a sudden they like, are like, Oh wow. And they see it in a different way. So then they want us to get ourselves out there. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's exactly what I was looking for. I'm trying to find some kinship with folks that, that feel that way because you know, I, I recognize and acknowledge and understand that, you know, social media marketing is, is you're always on, right? And especially if you want to do a great job at it. And, and from my point of view, like if you're always on and you want to do a great job at it, like there's got to be more to it than that. Like, don't just do it because yeah, it's your job. Like, okay, fine. You, you need more skin in the game. You need more of an investment. So you know, I've been encouraging my colleagues and my team to like, let's go talk at a conference. Let's validate, even if it's self-validation, let's validate what we do because of how important it is. And if others happen to recognize that, great. If they don't, that's fine too. Because ultimately, you know, by doing so, we validated our work with you, Rhea. We validated it with you, Michelle, or whomever. And um, I, th- I think that there's considerable value in having that kind of pride with your work. And ultimately, it makes your work better because other people outside of your university are validating it in a really unique way. Um, and the same applies for, for competitions. Have, have you guys submitted your work for, for competitions at all, be it design or social media or communications? We have. Um, last year, we got the PR Daily um, Rating Communications Best Use of Instagram Stories. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Now, how did that make your team feel? Like, was that just like kind of like, oh, that's neat or? No, it was really a shock. I mean, like, you know, we just kind of put it out there because it's like, we're like, hey, you know, we did all these gifts and like, um, we were like one of the first universities in Arizona to do so. So if you know, like ASU and U of A, like they're big mm-hmm. names, but we like were ahead of them in this one area. Right. And so it was just kind of, it was definitely a shock. And then I was like, oh, you know, this is nice. Like, see, like, you know what we're doing like makes a difference people notice it even though sometimes at our own institutions it's just so busy to acknowledge it like right. you're like okay yay because then every day it's like okay what now what next right right exactly uh well i'm i'm glad that that you you guys find value in it and you're actually like putting yourselves out there because the other aspect to that is and i i, I had this conversation with a, a a previous person on the podcast was like i find competitive opportunities as a means of constructive criticism. You know, like, it, so for example, I submitted a, uh, a microsite to GDUSA magazine, which is Graph Design USA, 
which is one of the, the dominant industry uh, publications for the graphic design field. And like, if we get in, great. If we don't, that's fine too. But at least now that I see what wins, now I know what I can measure my work against. Because, you know, this idea of growing in your position, I think is really important to me. Uh, there are a lot of jobs in higher ed where you get hired and then you could be there for 30 years and that's it. You know, where, you know, where are your end goals? Do you always want to be the social media strategist or what do you want to do? You know, and that's a question that wasn't rhetorical. Where do you want to go? <laughs> um, right now I'm really happy with um, where I am right now. Cause I think. Oh, diplomatic still, answer. There's so much room for, to get additional buy-in and resources yeah. for our team and to like do a lot of cool stuff, um, like get a drone. <laughs> yes, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just hope that, you know, let's say like 10 years from now, I'm still like just sharing stories and using whatever is out there um, mm -hmm. to communicate with a younger population. Cool. That's, the, that's the, yeah, I like that demographic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, well handled, well handled. Uh, <laughs> that's the, uh, yeah, there, there was some good wordsmithing there. Anyway, I I'm teasing you. Uh, no, that's good. I mean, ultimately, like, I think most of us are in this particular aspect are full blown storytellers. And so long as we get to continue doing that in whatever position, I think that kind of scratches the, the itch. Right. Um, and ultimately storytelling is creating and if we're always creating something then I think there's a certain level of satisfaction to be had there um, so we're kind of wrapping up on the end and I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, advice for marketing uh, students creative professional or creative students be they in marketing communications design um, what what's your advice for them as they enter an industry, either looking for a full-time job or an internship, uh, entering an economy, excuse me, that can't necessarily support them right now, what would you recommend? Ooh, it's, it's very hard, but I would say, you know, just utilize your network, you know, like reach out to those professors, like share, like this is what you wanna do. And I think the more connections you have, the more people are willing to, you know, ask around and for help and to help you because everyone wants you to succeed and mm -hmm. it might be hard. You might have to take jobs you don't want to do, or you didn't think you would go to college for, but right. you know, just take those because every thing you can get is just a learning opportunity, even though you don't see it at the time. I think if you go about and have that type of mindset where it's okay, like it's not what I expected, but I'm still going to make the best of it every single day. Mm -hmm. Then that's when you're going to, still be successful when, you know, things calm down and you do find that job. And then you're going to remember um, all those who helped you along the way and have great um, resources to teach people coming up. So uh, there's definitely an aspect of giving back there. No doubt. Cool. Okay. So if folks were interested in learning more about you and the work that you do, how could they find you? How can they reach out? Um, you can email me, maria.decabooter, D-E-C-A-B-O-O-T-E-R, at nau.edu. Um, you can also search for me on LinkedIn. And um, on Instagram, I am mmdecabooter. 
it's not fancy. It's all about my kid because I don't have time to print any books. So if I put it up on Instagram, it's my memory book and I can go through and show it to her. Yep. That's really what Instagram is for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this was great, Maria. I really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, keep up the good work out there and, uh, hopefully we'll check in with you again soon and, um, look forward to, to learning from you and hopefully stealing some of your ideas. Adapting. Yes. Being inspired. <laughs> yes. Thanks, RJ. All right.